Beautiful souls, do you have a prayer request or want us to send you healing energy today? Would you like us to be praying for your friend or loved one? If this is you, go to worldslargestprayernetwork.com to submit your prayer request. And while you're there, please sign up to join our team of prayer warriors. The angels say prayer not only opens you to miracles, raises your vibration, and helps you heal, but the more you pray, the more God's presence is felt on earth. Feel your angels' love as they surround you right now, and listen for the positive, loving messages your angels intended specifically for you in today's episode. Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome back to the Angels and Awakening podcast. I'm your host and author, Julie Jancis. And today we're here with Janice, who has beautiful angel stories to share. Lots of information coming through to her from her loved ones on the other side. So I'm really excited for you to be here, Janice. Thank you, Julie. I am too. Thank you. Oh, of course, of course. I'm going to have you take it away and share your story. Okay. Okay. So my, my first angel story started before my dad even passed away, but it makes perfect sense <laughs> when you hear the story. Um, so, so it was 14 years ago and he was an otherwise healthy guy and he collapsed when he was out shopping, went taken by ambulance to the hospital. By the time I got there, my mom was already there. He was losing his ability to respond to questions. There was a brain hemorrhage. And so he could, he understood us, but he couldn't really answer the question. So the one, the nurse said, can you tell us who this is, Ken? And he kept saying his own name. And then she's like, no, no, her name. What's her name? Can you tell us her name? And, and I said, well, dad, could you tell my nickname? Could you tell them my nickname? And he looked at me, it's, it's going to choke me up to even say this. He looked at me kind of desperately, like trying so hard to communicate something. And he just said, no, he just said, no. And I said, that's okay. <laughs> that's okay, dad. I didn't like being called that in public anyway. And I squeezed his hand. And those were my last words to him before he slipped into a, a very deep coma. I mean, within a, a couple of hours, there was no brain activity at all. And so he was in the hospital. We called my brother home from another state. And my mom didn't want to tell anybody, didn't want to tell sister, brother, any aunts and uncles. You know, they're like old school, weirdly private, right? Like you don't tell private things because he's going to be fine, whatever. So he passed away. And at the first night of the funeral, my cousin was there and, um, well, let me interrupt myself <laughs> and tell you what my nickname is because it's relevant to why my cousin was acting strange at the, at the funeral. So my childhood nickname was Patootie and it was named that after my cousin John's clown doll. And he was a little older than me and he had this, you know, like stuffy that he slept with and its name was Patootie. But over time, my nickname got shortened to Tootie and then Toots, which I hated in public. Like that's, you know, weird and embarrassing. So we're at the funeral and my cousin John is just hanging around. I mean, like everybody's gone. We're like packing up the food. The funeral home is ready to close. And he's still awkwardly like lurking, hovering around. And 
when it was just my brother and my husband and I, you know, just immediate family, he said that my dad had gone to him in a dream three nights before. And in the dream, he, again, my cousin was so embarrassed. He's like something about, about farting. And we were like, what, what? And then it occurred to me, he was answering my question. I said, John, did he say toots or tootie? And then my cousin was like, oh yeah, that all makes perfect sense now. Yes, that's what he said in the dream. And I explained how he couldn't answer my question and that he went to John that night in a, you know, completely, uh, I mean, they called him brain, they called him brain dead the night he went to my cousin and answered my question for me. So, so that was the first time that my dad, it chokes me up still, um, reached beyond to let me know he was still here. This was 14 years ago and it makes me cry still. So anyway, I, I, after he passed away, I would get signs that he was near all the time. My dad um, was a recovering alcoholic and went to AA meetings. And so there's a very distinct AA meeting smell of old cigarette smoke and being non-smokers in our house, like suddenly I would smell it strongly, right? And I'd know he was there. Light bulbs would pop, pop kind of the, the usual things of, of smells. CD players would often stutter when I was talking to my dad. And so, you know, it wasn't uncommon for me to just say, like, I'm worried about this or I'm, you know, whatever. And my dad, I would feel his, his support nearby. One time, my, both my son was going to be doing uh, a reading at church during, he's a, kids went to Catholic school. So it was during, a, on a weekday. And my husband was in federal court for a really big case. And he, both guys were really nervous about it. And so, you know, I, I was like, dad, like, you got to go and support them both. Like, I don't know how you're going to do it, but you got to go support them both. And right before my son was supposed to speak, um, a song came on that was the song my dad would sing to the kids when they were nervous. Choked up again. Sorry. And it really wasn't relevant to like the readings or what the priest had said. It was really surprisingly disconnected from the rest of what mass had been about up until that point. And so I was like, okay, dad, I gotcha. Right. I, okay. And grabbed a Kleenex, pulled myself together. Cause of course I'm in public. And then I whispered, okay, dad, now go be with Scott, right? Go prop him up. Cause he's scared too. By the time I had gotten out of mass, I had a voicemail message from my husband saying that my dad would be so proud. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, well, there you go. That's, that's dad. <laughs> there was another time right around the same time, not long after my dad had passed away, maybe six weeks or so when I was sad and missing him and crying and mopping the basement floor because I was getting ready for um, a family party. And I was talking out loud, like, this is unfair. I really wish you were going to be here. I'm kind of mad at you, you know, all the things. And, and he said, Jan, you know, you can't do that on Saturday, right? And I heard it as clearly as if, like I heard it in my head, but it was his voice, right? I, I, I knew it was him. Yeah. So I, I laughed. <laughs> I was like, I know, dad, <laughs> I know, but I'm sad today. 
so, you know, there were a lot of messages early on like that with him. There was, so red-tailed hawks were his favorite bird. And we, of course, noticed them <laughs> a lot after he passed away. And, and one of the things we were doing not long after he passed was we were looking at buying a cabin in Northwestern Michigan. And I was nervous about the decision. It's a big decision. And I wasn't sure if it was a good idea. I, we found this place we loved and it really just had this like fabulous energy, this like warm, loving, beautiful place. But I was still nervous. So it was like, okay, dad, you know, you go check the place out. He was really handy. I'm like, go kick the tires of the house, right? Of this log <laughs> cabin. Go make sure everything looks good and solid. And if it looks good and solid, then help clear any obstacles. And if it's a bad idea, throw obstacles in the way, mess this up, right? And we were able to close on this house, on this cabin in three weeks, which like unbelievably fast deal. Like even the, even the mortgage broker was like, okay, that cleared really fast. Okay, we're ready for this next step. It was really remarkable. So we, we close on Labor Day weekend. We go up there like, literally armed with air mattresses and uh, camp chairs, folding chairs, because that's all we have to go in this place and excited about it. We get there, the covered porch, like not enclosed, but just had an overhang cover, was totally dusty, no footprints, no animal tracks, no nothing. Um, but on the welcome mat was a red tail hawk feather a tail feather from a red tail hawk. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I, how does that happen? Right. That, 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 how does that happen? It's huge. It's 12 inches long. It's there's, if it had landed, it would have left some tracks. Like it was unbelievable. So it's probably my dad is what we kind of thought, right? Is that, that that's gotta be him. So, so anyway, so, so that's my dad. And I'm grateful. I'm grateful to still have his presence and feel so strongly connected to him. Still, I miss him even 14 years later and, and an additional child after he passed away. They would have been like best of friends, really. So, so anyway, so the, there was a time, I'll give one more dad story and I'm going to launch into the other people. I, there was a time I went to see a healer in a large group, like talking hundreds of people in this room. And the healer said, uh, who, who lost a young man in a plane crash? Who, who lost a young man in a plane crash? So this was the second time I had seen this person. And I, I had someone come through the first time. And I'll tell you that story after. But I never dreamed that it would happen again for me, right? Like, how would that happen twice in a room of hundreds <laughs> of people? Like, that's I, I, I'm not that powerful. I wouldn't. <laughs> so, so I'm expecting, I didn't have somebody who passed in a plane crash. One of my son's good friends and his, his whole family died. His dad was um, flying the plane and something went wrong and they, they flew into a house. And wow. so, but I, I'm thinking like, that's not like a family member. That's like, you know, a, a, a step or even two steps out from like my inner circle of people. So I'm waiting for somebody else to say, oh yes, I, you know, had a son in the air force or I don't know something and nobody's speaking. And, no, and so eventually it was like, well, I, I mean, I think, I think it's 
me? And he said, well, did you lose somebody in a plane crash? And, and I was like, well, kind of, kind of. And he said, what does kind of mean? I was like, I mean, yeah, I guess. And he said, your dad sees you. Mm. Your dad sees you. So, you know, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I took it. It's like, thank you. Thank you. So, um, so anyway, so those are, those are the big stories from my dad, but there are still lots of little things that pop up where we're like, mm, okay, thanks dad. And had your friends passed after your dad had passed? Like the friends passed like a year and a half ago. Yeah. Yeah. So, so dad was coming through saying, I see you, I see what's happening in your life. And yeah. And it's all coordinated, um, the way that they bring through information and how they're trying to get to the point that they're trying to make. The healer oftentimes is just given the question that they have to throw out there, like who passed in the plane crash, or they're given one piece or a couple pieces of information until it's validated and then they're given another piece of information and it continues on that way. Okay. Well, so, so that leads really interestingly into the, the first time I saw this person, yeah. um, this was like first time I'd ever done anything like that and didn't fully know what to expect. It was a cool experience. Again, room of, you know, I don't know, 300 people maybe. And, and we, my friends and I were at the way back and, it was ending the evening, the event. And then all of a sudden kind of got like, uh, frantic is too strong of a word, but urgent. Like there's this urgency in this room and, and you can feel it. And he starts saying, who's got a Winnie the Pooh watch? Who's got a Winnie the Pooh watch? Somebody here has a Winnie the Pooh watch. I need the Winnie the Pooh watch. And nobody's answering. And, 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 he's, and it's like, um, the energy was like ramping up and up and up. And I hear this, mom and daughter behind me, older couple, older, you know, t duo. And she's like, like an old, like a, uh, a raspy voice, ma, ma, it's you, you got the mini Winnie the Pooh watch. And the mom's like, no, stop. Shh. And he kept saying it. Who's got the, and finally, finally, the woman raises her hand and they bring the microphone to her. And she says, I have a Winnie the Pooh watch. And he said, okay, well, who's the young man who recently passed away? And she had no idea. And he's like, somebody around you, who's the young man who recently passed away? And it had only been about 10 months since my nephew had passed away. Wow. So when they don't know who the, the person is, I think, well, I'm, I'm in the vicinity. And that was the kind of the instructions for the event. So I, I raised my hand and um, they hand me the microphone. And I said, I, I think it was me. And he said, that my nephew felt guilty about his death. And my nephew died of carbon monoxide poisoning in his apartment because of a faulty furnace. And he had tried to fix it himself. Ah, oh. yeah, because he was he he his it was a, his landlord should have done it. He had brought it to their attention. They didn't fix it. And he so he died of carbon monoxide poisoning probably within just a few minutes. It was so strong in his apartment. So anyway, he, he, that was, um, he felt guilty about it. And, and I, so I, I tried in that moment to say like, there's, he shouldn't feel guilty other than we miss him. Right. We're sad. We, we missed him so much. Um, he, 
acknowledged that his sister, so the healer said, who somebody just graduated with a degree in healthcare. And his sister had just graduated with her master's in epidemiology. And he commented on the new job that he was, he saw, he knew about her new job. And, and this was like literally uh, just before COVID. So like <laughs> she was an epidemiologist before most people had heard of what they were. Then he, he asked, who's the baby? Who's the baby? Who is the baby who is in the NICU? So that was um, my daughter, my oldest, who was in, who was born eight weeks early. She, so she was in the NICU just for like 10 days, but he said, Kyle's message was to say, tell her I see her. And he had some other messages. There was one we couldn't figure out, something about a belt or the waist, but we, I, I have no idea what that one was. So anyway, and he had some other messages like to give his dad a big hug and some other things. So our phones are off during this event. I get to the car, turn my phone back on, and my daughter, the one he was talking about, had left me a message saying for her writing class, she had written a poem about Kyle that wow. evening, <laughs> and she wanted to share it with me. Wow. That is incredible. Yeah. That is incredible. And again, like that goes back to what we were talking about before. They're trying to get to a point. They're trying to bring through validators, bring through messages. And the only way for them to do that is just like when you go out to lunch with a girlfriend and you're talking, you know, back and forth. Sometimes I think to myself too, when you're in oneness, sitting with a girlfriend at lunch, where is the information coming from to provide? that friend, right? Yeah. In need of comfort or support or hope. And when you have lunch with a friend and it just kind of goes back and forth, back and forth, one person talks and then the other person talks and then first person talks again, you come around to a feeling of more resolution or more ease within the conversation or that place of hope and peace. And that's what they're trying to do when they bring through messages and they have to present something. And then you have to keep going deeper with that information in order to get to the message. And oftentimes, I, I love so much that there are TV shows out there about this and that there are just like these incredible entertainment series that are bringing people's minds more into the awareness that they can have relationships with their people on the other side. But at the same time, what people have to realize is behind the scenes, when some healers are recording for a TV show, the producers, the cameramen, um, the healer and the person sitting in front of them, the client can all be there for easily two, three hours. And they're recording, recording, recording the entire time in order to get the best six, seven, eight, ten minutes of information that they're going to air on the show. And so when I'm working with my angel Reiki school students a lot, what I'll tell them is 
the gift in person with those same people looks a lot different than what you're seeing on the television show because the way that the gift works is different right and mm -hmm. and so we have to respect that and honor that and and be comfortable with it yeah that makes a lot of sense that makes a lot of sense yeah. like so i i continue to have conversations with my dad and with my nephew kyle back in august around his birthday um kyle's sister had everybody over for just a game night like just pizza and games and Kyle's mom, my sister-in-law brought these little wish papers where we could write a wish and then we, we burned them all together. And, and while we were outside getting ready to burn them, I felt a hand on my back. Like when somebody would be, like if somebody's passing you and they'll kind of put their hand on your back, on your back as they go behind you. And I turned around and nobody was there. And I, I felt like it was Kyle. So I, I asked him, honey, was that, was that you? If that was you, send me a sign tomorrow. And I gave him a very specific sign that I asked for. He, he was uh, a musician and his professional music name was Kyle Chaos, because it just a play on his real last name. And I said, okay, if it's you, I'm asking you to send me the word chaos tomorrow. So um, it was a great evening, went home, went to bed, get up the next morning and um, I'm doing calf stretches because I have this calf thing. And I pop Facebook open while I'm doing my calf stretch. And literally the first post was a woman who used the word chaos. Wow. And God is good. And Kyle wasn't particularly a religious person. So I don't know if the God of good, God is good as part of the message, but it felt good to me. But what are the odds again? Like what are the odds that the word chaos comes through in literally the first message of the first thing I did that morning? Well, and I love that that it says God is good after it. Like that, it, where would you ever see something that says the words chaos? God is good. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Yes. But my nephew had a good sense of humor. So <laughs> he probably had fun with that one, is my guess. That is incredible. Yeah. That's incredible. I yeah. love these stories. I love these stories so much. And you know what I've been learning, Janice, is I didn't realize, you know, like we've been running these stories for four years now and doing a new angel story every Thursday. It's part of the grief process mm -hmm. for many of us, seeing these signs, getting these signs. And there are other people around us who could poo-poo them and be like, oh, it's just a coincidence. Oh, it's just serendipitous or synchronicity. But it's not. It's it is. Not. It is so them coming through from the other side. And one of the other things the angels are saying to bring through as a message ever to everybody here listening is you know when my dad passed away i remember going out 
uh, he had several different wives and all of them had a different memorial. Um, <laughs> and so I went to the one that I felt most comfortable at and it was outside in nature, just as he would have loved. And I said, you know, dad, it would be really great for you to like come strolling through like as a deer or something right now. And um, I heard within my heart, you're not going to see that, but I'm here and you know that you can feel my presence. And I did. And then there have been other memorials or people who have passed where I see signs right away and really big signs. And people will ask me all the time, Julie, and they could ask you this in your case too, you know, like, well, why would Janice get those signs of our nephew? Why wouldn't it come like directly through to his mom or his dad or, you know, siblings? And oftentimes it's related to the closeness our souls have to one another and also the amount of grief that we're in at that moment. And when you lose someone who is so close to you and you are just in these huge waves of grief where you feel, unless you've gone through it and experienced the passing of somebody very, very close, you don't know what it's like because it feels like you got punched in the stomach. It feels like your body does not operate the same it feels like you're underwater, your brain is not working the same, you just yeah. cannot function the same way. And, you know, the really horrible thing about this is you don't have control over how long that lasts. It's not like you could just pick yourself back up and just be like, okay, well, um, I gotta get back to work. I remember in my early 20s um being at work and loving and adoring this woman who was a couple maybe decades older than i was and she woke up one day when i was working there and her husband had passed in away in his oh. sleep right next to her and it was like three weeks later and the higher ups at this business were like why isn't she back you know like why isn't she and i I was like, what do you mean? You know, how does somebody just come right back from a loss and your body just shuts down in a yeah. way? Yeah. Um, and so when people ask all the time, you know, well, why does somebody get this sign and somebody not? There's two, there's two real keys here. Some people believe 111 percent that they're going to get that sign and scientists have proven that the more that you believe you're going to get those signs they come to you those who don't believe don't get them and then the other thing is the amount of energetic duress your body is under at that time and that's those huge waves of grief energy and what a lot of people find that I've worked with over the years is as their body comes out of that grief energy and their mind comes out of that, those big waves, that's when they start to get the dreams, the visitation dreams, the signs, and they're really seeing tons more. It has nothing to do with, oh, this person on the other side loves so-and-so more. 
it's just who they're able energetically to come through to. And if your nephew knew, oh my goodness, I can come through to Aunt Janice and Aunt Janice is going to get this message to everybody out in the family. That's huge. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, I do think, I do think like with my cousin, John, he is somebody who gets messages from people on the other side and, and, you know, enough to wake him up out of a deep sleep at times. And, um, so it, it's not surprising that he would have been the one I think, and I don't know, I would love your thought about this, but I also think that my dad was a very, a very strong a strong soul, I would say strong. And, and so if there's somebody who could in a deep, deep coma, uh, get up and send a message to somebody, he's the guy who would do that. Right. He's just the guy who would be like, well, you can't tell me not to kind of. Right. So, yes. um, (laughs) so I think, I think, I think that that has, has played a role. So, so do you think then is, is, strong emotion like grief a blocker kind of toward um being open to signals from the other side or 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 is it a conduit is does it block it or does it carry it i think both and differently in different people i think it's definitely related to your relationship with the person how close you were to the person and there's so many different factors spirit just said the way that the person passed can be you know if you lost somebody immediately in a tragic way and you weren't expecting to lose that person that can be a force and and it's really a disruptor within your own brain and your own body's vibration that you really don't have control over you know You don't have control over, you know, when your kid goes to preschool and they're bringing home all these different germs and you get sick and then you don't have control over your body when your body is just trying to fight this illness and and get it out of your system. You know, your body goes through something when you go through grief where you just don't feel like yourself. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. So I have a couple other little yeah, ones. Yeah, I'd love okay. it. So th- this one is little. So I, I it, it kind of relates to what you were saying about getting messages or not getting messages. My mom um, passed away almost four years ago now, three and a half years ago. And as much as I got messages from my dad, I never got messages from my mom. I didn't have the smells. I didn't have any of the things that um, I experienced. And I kind of expected, I was close with my mom, but I expected to see or hear something. And so as I have been listening to your podcasts and trying to play with this a little bit more and cultivate it, I was like, okay, you know what, mom, like, let send me a sign. Maybe I'm missing things from you. Maybe you're, you're sending me things, but I don't know what you're sending. Cause I will, I will say that it would be like my mom um, to do the thing that like nobody anticipated. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, if you asked her to do X, she would do Y, Z <laughs> and uh, two things that didn't help. And you'd be like, well, well, that's not what I asked you for. Anyway. So I said, da- daisies were her um, favorite flower. And so I was like, okay, mom, sometime this week, send me daisies, show me some daisies that I can't miss in any other way. And, and 
we went up to our cabin for the 4th of July and we have like a decent amount of property, but this, this wide open field that gets cut regularly, it was filled with wild daisies. Never in the 13 years that we've had the cabin, have I ever seen one daisy there. We're talking about like half an acre filled with wild daisies, filled. Like couldn't take a step without stepping on one. So, um, so that was fun. <laughs> I mean, thousands and thousands of daisies. That's amazing. Um, yeah. So how long after she passed did that come through? Um, like around, like around three years. Three years after. after. Okay, so this is what Spirit had me write down while you were talking, and this ties into what we were just talking about before. Divine timing, everyone will get signs who asks and believes in in signs um, in divine time. Ask for signs in general or ask for signs specifically, but you will get those signs in divine time. Yeah. It's hard to wait sometimes, Julie. I know. I know. Just believe that they're going to come through. And what I love about your story, though, is I always thought to myself, I don't particularly love to ask for specific signs because I love how wild the signs come through in general sometimes where it's something like you never could have even dreamed up yourself. So I'm like, surprise me because this is <laughs> going to be so fun. Um, but the specific sign that you said about the chaos, that still blows my mind. Chaos, God is good. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which just that makes one... it as fun. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and so my, my nephew is this creative, quirky soul. So of course he did something that just, that, that kind of made you like, hmm. So Janice, <laughs> you're changing my mind here a little bit about like, do you, maybe you just ask for both general signs and specific signs. So, so I have what I have, I, well, okay. And then last week I said, mom, I haven't heard from you in a while. Can you send me another daisy? And my girlfriend um, sent me a picture of her wearing a sweat sweatshirt or sweater with a daisy on it. Oh, get out of here. I'm not joking. So daisy. <laughs> and and so so my last my last big sign from a relative, and then I have one other quick story too. I hope I'm not going too long, but no, my last one. Did. Okay. Was uh, from my grandma and it was my dad's mom. She died when I was eight years old. And when we were little, if my parents would go away, we would stay with my grandma. Um, she didn't have a lot of money. She didn't have a lot of things. There were a couple of things that always like made me think of her. And one was playing Bunko or Yahtzee. That's one of the things we would do when we visit her. And I was like, okay, grandma, like, I'm again, I'm just playing with this, right? Like I'm seeing what, what I can connect who I can connect with and 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 I'm trying to learn I'm trying to learn to hear and read the messages that are not the word chaos right or I, I'm trying to learn to to hear them when it's indirect but as a way of playing with this I was like okay grandma send me dice in some form that seems pretty random and out there for a middle-aged woman like what who's gonna send me dice right <laughs> and um and it was like literally the only thing I could kind of think of that was like a, a connector to her. So anyway, next day I get a text message that says, well, you roll the dice. 
And it was not something like I asked if this was from a, co a cousin on the other side of the family. And I was like, what, like, what made you say that? Like it was, and she's like, yeah, I don't know. I don't even use that phrase. Like that's not really <laughs> a phrase I use. <laughs> well, okay. So, so anyway, so that was, that was my grandma. That's my grandma's story. That is brilliant. Yeah. That's amazing. I do feel like I have this whole, I feel like I have this army of family who I feel their support. Like I feel their presence in my life and I still feel close to them. Like I feel like I can count on them to just even just be present with me if I'm worried or sad or, you know, I tell them the good stuff too, right? Like if something fun or good happens, like I, I tell them as if, I don't know, as if we were sitting down for coffee and I, I'm, I'm trying to apply this to, you know, being of Catholic tradition, my guardian angel or spirit guide. Like I'm trying to connect with that person and I'm, I'm not having anything really come back too much yet on that, but, but I'm going to keep trying to cultivate it. Yeah. Well, and, and what your spirit team just said to you is like, close your eyes and go deeper with that. When it comes to you knowing and having faith in that you are supported by this huge team of your loved ones on the other side, what energy does that bring you in your everyday life? What benefits does that bring you in your everyday life? Brings me strength and comfort. Mm -hmm. Yeah. An ability to maybe even take some risks and take some steps with even more confidence, knowing that you're being led and being guided through the GPS system within of your own internal intuition, alignment, flow that you feel. And uh, it's beautiful. That's so beautiful, Janice. I've loved talking with you today. Thank you so much for being here and sharing all of your stories. I know it's going to provide a lot of hope to a lot of people. I hope so. Thank you so much for the work that you do, Julie. Thank you so much, Janice. You're wonderful and you feel like an old, like listening to you. It's funny. I'm so glad that you have my face now because you feel like an old friend. Thank you. Oh, thank you. That means so much to me. Um, I feel so blessed to get to do this work every day um, and just, and thank God every day. To everybody listening, um, it's not scary to come do these, right, Janice? Uh, <laughs> no, it's really, uh -uh. it's not scary. It's not. It's just a conversation. Yeah, we just get to have a conversation and flow with one another. Um, we are looking for your angel stories. If you'd like to come on the show and share them here, we would absolutely love to have you. You can go on the website, theangelmedium.com and share your angel story with us today. Thank you so much, everybody, for being here. Beautiful soul, thank you so much for joining me today. My name's Julie. You know I'm all about connecting you with messages from your angels and loved ones on the other side. If you've been listening today and you're super excited and just have to know which angels are around you right now, who's connecting with you, and what messages they have for you, go to theangelmedium.com. 
register for a session. You can do a reading with me or a member of my team. We're all incredible. We all talk to angels daily, and we can help you in making sure that your angels are doing the very best they can to support you and guide you to your best life. If this sounds like you, virtual sessions, they're only offered on my website. Sign up today. And if you're the person who's really excited, you're ready to go all in developing all of your unique spiritual gifts, growing your intuition, starting your own healing business, you can sign up for my Angel Reiki School to become a certified angel messenger. That's for the healers among us who feel called to grow their intuition to the max and serve humanity with their gifts. You'll learn Reiki, mediumship, how to deliver angel messages, and how to get clients. That's the Angel Reiki School at theangelmedium.com or DM me on Instagram at Angel Podcast with any questions. Before you go, connect with your angels by placing your hands on your heart. Take a deep breath. Imagine a doorway filled with God's unconditional love is right in front of you. Step into that love and feel it as it fills your body, chakras, and auric field. Now ask your angels, what would you have me know today? And open yourself to the positive, loving messages they have just for you. <laughs> 